Hey everybody, uh, this is Dave and Cole show, name to be determined. <laughs> It'll probably end up being Dave and Cole show. Today we're reviewing the Electric Life of Louis Wayne, which is a Amazon Prime video or Amazon backed thing, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as a as a crazy genius, which I guess is what he does now, and the Weird Al Yankovic biopic called Weird, uh, the story of Weird Al Yankovic. And that is on Roku. So that's another one which is off the beaten path. So we're doing two biopics today. Both are off off the main, the charted waters. <laughs> I feel like not a lot of people venture into Roku uh, or Amazon. Um, so... Your inflection, uh, uh, your your inflection on your introduction says a lot about these movies. <laughs> about what? About these movies and and how I felt about them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would say that they have a lot of similarities. I was thinking about it more and more, and I was so glad that these two kind of matched up in some weird, perfect way. <laughs> um, weird pun intended. Yeah, weird all over again. Um, so. Yeah, let's talk about the electric life of Louis Wayne first. I, I also think we'll try not to spoil quite as much this time because these movies you probably haven't seen. It's not like Wakanda Forever, uh, <laughs> or like it, you know that everybody's Which I have already not seen. checked out. Oh yeah, I watched it yesterday. Wait, um, what, what did you think? <laughs> you know i I thought it was better than the first one by a wide margin. I didn't like the first one very much at all, um, but people at work said they like the they like the f- first one more i don't know so like to each his own i guess another what you're time looking for. another time conversation for another yeah time. we'll do that one that coming up sneak preview right there uh so. i don't know i don't know <laughs> that might be worse than uh, the electric life of louis wayne <laughs> oh man i'm guessing that was a low one then so electric life of louis wayne to me i would give it like a seven to me it's like the quintessential well-made movie um, it kind of feels like Oscar bait, you know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays a real life person who was kind of eccentric and he ended up having a career, a very prolific career painting cats. So if you like Benedict Cumberbatch, you like cats, you like true stories, this kind of has has all those things, you know, and um, who doesn't love all of those things? Where the movie falls short is you feel like you've seen this movie before. You feel like you've seen it, you know, actually with Benedict Cumberbatch when he did the imitation game. (laughs) So not too long ago, we saw a very similar movie um, with an eccentric, tragic genius. Um. But it's a good movie, and I did I did like it. Uh, I'll also say that Melissa like fell asleep, so that's how how much it held her interest. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you you hit on some key points there, and and this is where we're immediately going to diverge because you're like, um, well, these these three essential elements, and and one of those elements was you have to like. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and, um, this movie do, was yeah. the quintessential Benedict Cumberbatch performance. Isn't he wacky? Isn't he clever? Isn't he outside of the box? Blah, 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 blah. And listen, he does it well. 
I understand, you know, I put Benedict Cumberbatch in this little file. It's a small file, but it exists. And there are others of actors who I know are top-notch actors who I just do not like and can never get into. Um, who else is in there? Well, so Will Smith? Benedict Cumberbatch has been the guy <laughs> for the last, like, 10 years or so, um, which is funny because I, I do like Doctor Strange. He's my favorite of the current Marvel characters. I don't think his movies are successful as, like, Spider-Man, but as a character, I really like him. So it's strange that I just can't stand Benedict Cumberbatch. But, but, but regardless, um, for the last decade, he's been that guy. But prior to him, historically, the, the actor that I would touch on is Julianne Moore. Um, okay. She is a phenomenal actress. I understand. You know, I, I know she can really deliver a, a fine performance, but I just I never, ever like her. And, never and got I into can it. never warm to her. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but anyway, you know what this movie reminded me of? Um, do you remember there was a movie... I, mean, I looked it up, so I want to get the year. From 1988, called Young Einstein, that starred the Australian um, comedian Yahoo Serious. Okay. So, this <laughs> movie this has one. so much in common with that movie, and I was less entertained by this one, although I admit it's it's a much better made movie. But but so I just watched this uh, today, and mm-hmm. um, when the movie started, I had this thought. Because I think the first like five, well, not even the first like two minutes of the movie are really strong, and I was immediately yeah. ready to buy in. So much yeah. so that I had the thought that um, I had one movie starring a guy I really like and want to root for that I didn't really enjoy, and another movie starring a guy I never liked that I was <laughs> going to enjoy. Right? That that was my initial thinking, and then okay. they cut immediately to Benedict, and he's so and crazy. you lost it. So, I just, it was gone. It was <laughs> but gone. the opening scene, he, I don't think, you can't spoil an opening scene. So we'll say they're walking through the rain. It's very well put together scene. I think it's a funeral. Yep. And um, there's a great VO. Which is appropriate I, for the story that's being told. I can't remember who the VO actress is. You just watched it. But she's she's great too. I don't the know. narrator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, but but yeah, I I had the same impression where like the first two minutes are really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of I started to look it up too. <laughs> but then honestly, you know, not stick. And it hits that formula. It hits that formula a little too hard. Um, but I I love I loved a lot of things in the. Truthfully, I liked everything in this movie. I'm not going to lie. There's nothing in this movie that I didn't like. I liked all the performances. I liked all the eccentricity. I liked the period kind of, you know, uh, what was that chess? Queen's Gambit recently. I love all that stuff when they, they do like the through the hotel and you know, whatever. And you see it's all like from the 50s or 60s or whatever they were going for. And um it just looks really well put together. Not like, not like um, they built a set. Even I mean, you know that they did build a set. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood had that too, where you're just like, man, they really took you, took you back to an era, like a whole vibe. Um, so yeah, I liked everything about this movie. The only thing that I didn't like was I'd seen it before, and yeah. This yeah, is one and, of those and, movies that's not the sum of its parts for me. Because 
minus no, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> right? Like it, you, you can go down a laundry list of, of elements of the movie. And I would say that I right. agree with you for the most part. I enjoyed him, but, but as a whole, for whatever reason, in upon reflection, I just, not only is it instantly forgettable in my mind, but mm. I didn't really warm to it at all. And I love cats, you know, so I was like, uh-huh. okay, this, this is going to be interesting. And I like stories about, um, you know, I like kind of fantastical journeys through, through genius gone mad. Uh, I like mm-hmm. those, those elements, but yeah, it just didn't well, work the, for me. The aesthetic was strong too. I felt like the aesthetic and the music were both really strong in the movie that I was interested in his life and where it was going to go. I think it might've been one of those things where they maybe stuck too close to the true story and tried to romanticize what was there rather than go like um, a beautiful mind where it, where it's like a little more Hollywood, you know? I, well, I'm so glad you said that though, because for me, they didn't push the boundaries enough, and not necessarily in a Hollywood way, but like in a true visionary way. You know, some some real artist who's just let free. I wanted that from this movie, and it didn't deliver that. And and that's my own expectation or desire. So I, it's hard to judge the movie against that. But you know, mm-hmm. that is the that is the version of this story that I would have clung to. Yeah, the yeah, I mean. A lot of people, I remember when A Beautiful Mind came out, they were like, he's not like that. The real person's not like that. Schizophrenia is not like that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, but it was a good movie. And I liked it's his southern accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Academy Award um, for that one. <laughs> you, you know what else I kind of fault this movie for? And it's and again, it's it's the story. It, it's, you know, it's it's based on a real individual and, right. and their struggles in life you but gotta, you gotta fix it's based, life they sometimes. could have called this movie everybody dies <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> they could have called this movie hey get to know this person and then they're gonna die <laughs> well like, yeah i mean that's he that's literally like, loses everybody that's like a true story thing too though i think you know most true stories aren't aren't so they're not tight let's just put it that way yeah. they're like yeah. meandering and there's a lot of filler there's ups and downs. <laughs> so that's why it's like you have to Hollywood. Not, yeah, Hollywoodize it. You got to turn put it in the three acts. You know, I mean, what can I say? It's just better. It's a better story when you take take a few more liberties. I personally, you know, I'm a. I talk about this movie being too um, formulaic, but the three act structure will never get old to me. Like you have to have generally three acts. The new thing in Hollywood is do four acts. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have two and a half hour movies. Yeah. But the, the that shit gets old. Ending. There's yeah. like another like, fourth act where yeah. it's like after the big fight, there's like, a, oh, but it's not over yet. Yeah, there's a um, clear point where like this, okay, the climax <laughs> has just come down and, and, you know, we're settling back in and this is where, you know, the standard story would cut. And then it keeps yeah. going, and it There's builds more to another twist. little mini crescendo. Yeah, yep. I know. So that um, worked. A movie that a was times. notorious for that. <laughs> well, well, like the Batman, which I really enjoyed. Right. Like I, 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 I would, I would say that I love the Batman, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but, but regardless, it is, it is a prime example of of that, where it's like, well, this yeah. is where the movie should have cut, and now we're going to continue on for another twenty five minutes. And I enjoyed those twenty five minutes, but. All the same. Right. Right. And the problem, there's a few problems with it, but I'll, I'll just go quickly and say that it worked better when it wasn't in every movie. 
now that it's in every movie, every movie is that much longer and you don't have that nice rhythm of, you know, set up, uh, climax. I don't want to say climax because there's the the whole other part too in the second act. Um, and then the third act is really climax resolution. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. (laughs) So so now... that's how I feel about this movie, right? Like I am with you, and then I just kind of trail whatever. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so I want to be fair to this movie because uh, I will say that um, you gave it a seven. I'd probably give it like a five and a half or six. Like it's not terrible. Okay. It's it's well yeah. made, and I do recommend if if I mean if you have Amazon Prime and it's an afternoon where you're looking to just kind of have something pleasant background on, movie, right? And not even background, yeah. just something pleasant and forgettable, right? Um, I like the fact that they, <laughs> really cause they really they really don't make a lot of movies like this anymore. You know, I mean, yes, it's formulaic, um, and yes, it's kind of that. I I just think they make less and less of this this range of movie, right? Yeah. Because this is, I would say, it's a little bit better of a production than kind of the standard um, direct to streaming film. Oh yeah, but it's not you know something that would get a wide theatrical release anymore. So. For that yeah. kind of reason, I say support it, watch it, you know, even if it is just background noise. But um, I will forget about it instantly and never watch it again. <laughs> okay, so let's transition to Weird with uh, with that. Do you want to talk about Weird? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I guess I'll just jump right into to my, my experience with the movie. For the first 20 minutes, I was, I was really laughing nonstop. I mean, not like hard, hearty laughing, but a good solid chuckle, basically yeah. for every scene for the first twenty minutes. Yeah, and um, there's a great well, again. I, I don't feel I, well. Actually, maybe you can. I was gonna say you can't spoil the opening scene or opening shot, but maybe you can in a comedy if the joke if you tell people the joke ahead of time. But there's well, a part okay. where uh, there's a part where his mom looks at his shirt, and and that I fucking lost it in the very first like two minutes of the. Of the movie, yeah. and I laughed really hard. No, I mean, okay, so, so here, here's what I was, I was gonna say. This movie um, would have been a killer twenty minute short. You know what I mean? This concept, because basically what they're doing with the film is uh, kind of a, uh, it, it, it's a biopic told through the lens of Weird Al. So Weird Al takes something that was real and true, you know, a, a Michael Jackson song, and it skews it. It puts it through the Weird Al, you know, vision. And and yeah. that is what they do to the biopic here. Um, a prime example is, is um, you know, a, and this is a joke they they kind of beat you know to death a little bit. But in this version of reality, uh, Weird Al's "Eat It" comes out before Michael Jackson's "Beat It," and Michael Jackson's "Beat It" is the parody of Weird Al's "Eat It." Yeah, <laughs> and like again, yeah. like, it's that a was funny, funny like chuckle. Yeah, it's a chuckle. It's funny. The problem is, is that happens, you know, an hour into the movie. And by that point, these little kind of variations on, on jokes and themes has kind of worn its welcome. Um, but go so, ahead and tell me, because I, I, I don't remember. Do you want to give it a number? What I would rate it? Yeah. I would rate the first 20 minutes of this movie an eight. <laughs> right? Okay. I, I really enjoyed yeah. the first 20 minutes. Um, Daniel uh, Radcliffe is giving it his all. And even though he looks yeah. nothing like Weird Al, I bought him as Weird Al. He's got that energy. Um, yeah. The problem is, is that the biopic is dead, 
and uh, Walk Hard already did all of this way better than any other movie is going to do. Um, right. You know, parodying the biopic, you, you, you almost can't top where it's been. And the biopic is so worn to death. I mean, we just talked about another version of this. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so artist that, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. And they did Elton John's biopic. They did Freddie Mercury's biopic. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Yep. Um, yeah. They're, so. doing, they're doing Michael Jackson right now. I mean, oh, like, it, they, they can keep on doing it because scandals. every generation has their icons. You know what I mean? So yeah. just wait for them to pass or, or you know, fall. And it's Oscar bait, too, because people get to pretend to be somebody and then they get something like, oh, yeah. man, he really was. He really did act like that guy in real life. Yeah. Which I don't really understand, but <laughs> the Oscars love it. At least there's no scene where, where Weird Al sitting next to somebody on a bus just takes out a paper and starts drawing with both of his hands and it's this perfect <laughs> Yeah. Like at least there's nothing that dumb. Um so yeah, I I would I would totally agree that the first part is better than the second part. Um there's a few things that I won't spoil, but the first part is actually closer to his real life. Um, and it works a lot better. There are a lot of jokes that are in vain of other biopics, you know, where somebody's like standing in his way for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and it's like, okay, I guess whatever, you know, um, and he's got to break through, break the mold. And I thought those were all really good where it went off the rails is where they diverged completely from believability and, and reality. You know, basically they, they introduced Madonna and I remember in the trailer thinking this is going to be awesome because they introduced Madonna and he has a wild affair with Madonna, which actually didn't obviously didn't happen. That's in the trailer. So they're really harsh on Madonna in this movie. Well, well, that's the thing (laughs) is I, unusually harsh (laughs) i think where the movie and that was all funny to me i think where the movie didn't succeed is that they could have gone even farther and once they go away from reality like that yeah they have to stop doing the biopic and start doing like the simpsons or something where it's it's just you got to have jokes like flying out the door non-stop yeah like yeah like um I'll just say there's a part where he is like drinking a bottle of Jack and it's supposed to show that he's like deteriorating. I mean, mm-hmm. y- it should have been more like team America world police or something where he's like got a mountain of cocaine or I don't know, just like they could have had a montage of all these different movies. And you know, you know what I was thinking? They could have gone crazy. The crank movies, Jason yeah. Statham and the crank movies. Th- that is what this movie needed to do, right? It's, yeah. it's literally 90 <laughs> minutes of 90 degree crescendo where right. every scene you go, how can this happen this early? Because there's no way they're going to top there's this. There's nowhere to go. You know? <laughs> and then the next scene, they do that. And you're saying that throughout the entire movie. That's what they needed to do. Yeah. And they didn't do that. They actually hit a pretty even jog. There's which a is why you never there, felt yeah, there's up a to plateau. speed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that happens about 20 minutes in, I think. Honestly. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that the... Well, I, I think it's that the next... 20 minutes never really get better than the previous ones. You, like, you're still hitting that same jokes per minute. Um, Tina Fey always talked about jokes per minute, so now I do too. Um, and how The <laughs> Simpsons was like... What did Tina Fey say about it? She said The Simpsons was like 
the gold standard almost for jokes per minute. She was like, we tried to emulate in 30 Rock the Simpsons in terms of how many jokes we can put on the screen or out of the people's mouths or together within a certain amount of time, which is why they're really snappy. Um, you know, you can have that's every person. That's tough to do well, though. I mean, well, she's herself. I, yeah. is I'm just saying, like, so you know, for Weird yeah. Al. Well, anyway, the point. Well, so the other thing I'll say is that the movie I looked it up cost eight million dollars for eight million dollars. They did a fantastic job. Um, the everything Daniel pretty must good. have worked for scale, right? Because yeah, I, mean, that, I, think that's, I mean, truly, that's probably below his asking rate. Now, I mean, well, I know that he does. They didn't a lot even of get funding. Movie. They got funding after he agreed, mm-hmm. and they got it from who? Roku. So it's not like right. they. It's not like they had a big studio behind them to for to Roku. Get this eight thing. million is a big budget, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when you think about it that way. It would have been harder to, you know, say, put a montage together. Um, I'm not saying they couldn't have done it or shouldn't have done it, but they they definitely had some constraints in terms of, you know, there's a scene at the end uh, that to me looked really low budget, and I I assume that they probably ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, this is close enough. Um, I remember Robert Rodriguez talking about having no money to make a film and like what it looks like on the screen and how, you know, a lot of the money just goes to the equipment. (laughs) Nobody gets paid. Everything on the screen is borrowed. Like, well, that's why he works digital and on his own, right? Because all the money goes to the filmmaking, you know, like all the money goes to the equipment. There's no, there's no fluff. No, I think a lot of his movies are, are, they have issues, but we're talking about Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. But, but either way, um, talking about his old stuff his... like like uh, Desperado and El Mariachi, yeah. like the old old. Well, stuff. anything what from you... the yeah the Mari- El Mariachi Studios, you know, because like I'm not counting Battle Angel because that's basically a James Cameron production. Yeah, that or uh, Spy Kids. Those movies have budgets. Spy... Yeah, yeah, Spy Kids have budgets. Um, the first one was I think done pretty cheap, but then it you know the gangbusters at the box office. Um. But did you have you seen the Elvis biopic from last summer? No, but I forgot. That's another biopic of a singer. So I I just I, I watched it actually between um, these two films, not even thinking about that that you know lineal connection that there. thread. But yeah, yeah, that is I I really enjoyed it. Now I am kind of a sucker for Baz Luhrmann, or at least that that top shelf zany Baz Luhrmann. Like I don't really care mm-hmm. for Australia, but I love Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet, and 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 yeah. I really enjoyed this film. Um, Elvis does what what both of these films needed to do. And I, I guess that's a theme that, that I'm discovering and that we're discovering as we're talking through it. But both of these movies are kind of zany biopics that thought they were being really clever, but really were only turned up to like seven and they needed to be turned yeah. up to ten. Ten or beyond, yeah. right? And, and Elvis, Baz Luhrmann, he doesn't operate underneath ten, right? Ten is his starting point and he just right. goes from there. So you needed somebody like that to take the reins of these films. Yeah. Or somebody who knew where 11 was, you know. Right. Um, sometimes I do some writing and I try to write like a, something like a genre thing. And it's always like, man, this is the same shit that I've already seen. Nobody wants to read this. 
And, and the problem is, if, if you try to write <laughs> opposite of that, you end up with Ryan, um, yeah, Ryan, Johnson, uh, Johnson yeah, right? where right. everything is, well, this is what they expect. So I'm going to go here. Right. I right. mean, and that's just as fucking annoying as something it's that I've worse seen. To me. <laughs> it is worse. Yeah. yeah. Because it's almost like he's patting himself on the back as he's writing it. I'm so clever. <laughs> so right. Clever. This is right. not what they're expecting. But yeah. that's why it's so hard because you need true creativity. Not just the antithesis of what's expected, but true creativity is, it, you know, it, it comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that they had more of an opportunity with Weird because, I mean, you mentioned Dewey Cox, but it's definitely more novel than a lot of other things to have Weird Al Yankovic and his accordion doing like some kind of fake bio on a real man that then goes totally off the rails in terms of reality. Yeah. Um, and but... I really enjoyed that aspect. So I didn't watch any trailers. I, I Maybe I saw one trailer, or a bit of a trailer. I knew that the project was happening, and I knew that Daniel Radcliffe was, was Weird Al. But I did not realize that it was kind of a Weird Al bio, biopic, right? Like a, an, an off, uh, off-center version of, of reality. Yeah. Um, well, you I thought really, it was going to be I, like I, I true. Do you think, did you think it was going to be true to his life? Yeah. And I didn't know how, <laughs> what they were going to do. Right. Like, is yeah. it just going to be him kind of being like a, a, you know, talented musician, but kind of a schlubby joke? I had right. no idea. Right. I didn't know how far they were going to go. Cause like I said, the trailer had Madonna in it. Um, but it didn't have a lot of the other things like Michael Jackson, you mentioned. And I, I, f- I feel like again, once they did that, the stakes were totally lost on everything Mm. and that's fine, but you gotta be like almost like airplane or something where the jokes are just, you know, you're not bound by reality anymore. So (laughs) everything that happens is just gotta be more and more ridiculous. Um, Yeah. That's well, that's again, that's what I wanted from the electric life of Louis Wayne, right? Like as his, his, I really wanted them to keep on cranking up the surrealism as he was losing touch with reality. And yeah, that this film could have too. done that. Yeah, it would have helped uh, both of but these But you know, films. the thing with Louis Wayne was they had the love story. And that was really strong. I thought. Well, but then because it would have been his real life, <laughs> well, because his real life, it was such a small part of his life. They kind of filled the rest of the movie. That's how I felt. And, you know, it's like, okay, it's true, but <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, and, and that is, you know, uh, unlike Weird, where you you actually have uh, Al Yankovic fully endorsing this absurdism, I do recognize the fact that with The Electric Life of Louis Wayne, there's at least some responsibility to, to honor the, the story. Yeah. Um, but I just... Did we need this movie? Did we need this story? Because it's, I mean, if we, if you're just telling the story well, to I, tell the story, then why not, you know, take some, why not, why not use that as a springboard to, to tell something interesting? You mean make your own character? No, no, no. Like, I mean, make like, a different character that lived at the same time? This is not Abraham That way you're not Lincoln. bound by history? Well, yeah, exactly. It, well, it, it's something like that, right? Give us something where we can really dive into why i don't even know what if it was told from the perspective of 
I've had it with this. White. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, honestly, yeah. you know, just something because, like, again, we didn't. This is not a story that that absolutely needed to be told. So you have to have a compelling reason to tell it. And I feel like they 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 walked up to the plate and they they had the right idea in mind, but then they struck out. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe not struck out. Maybe they got I, well. They I hit a I just I guess I Sacrifice just think that fly. <laughs> Sacrifice fly. Does that mean somebody else got a home run? Elvis got the home no, run? No, so like, let's say that you have a, a runner on second and you want yeah. to advance them to third so they're in scoring position. Right. Well, I'm saying right? who got advanced? The director, I think the, I the I think the mid-level filmmaking got advanced, yeah. right? That, 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 you know, 20 to I, so $30 million I, dollar movie got advanced. I think, again, if they'd gone more the Beautiful Mind route where it's like, they don't it's like based on a true story but we're not really going to stick to yeah like it's presented as true but it's not 100 percent true i kind of think that works a lot better they have the perfect they have the perfect excuse right like this is a character who um historically loses his sanity yeah right so that that story gives you the ability to, to play with reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, should have done it. Do well, that and be respectful. Next time they make a biography of Louis Wayne, we'll have to send them this podcast. And yeah. Tell them, tell them to get it right. I, okay. So Weird <laughs> Al, uh, what was your score and would you recommend it? You know, I would probably give it um, a six out of 10. So almost like we flipped on the two, I think. Right. Or what did you give mm-hmm. Weird Al? Seven. I would probably give weird the well I gave oh, the, the first, first twenty, 20 minutes, minutes you said. an eight. Yeah, yeah. The first That's twenty right. minutes gets an eight, but overall I'd probably give it a six and a half, seven. Yeah. I think that the thing with Weird Al is that it is there's a lot of good stuff in it. And truthfully, I've seen so many bad comedies lately. I was really happy to see a good scripted comedy, which I can't remember the last time I saw. Every comedy is like I call it <laughs> post post-apocalyptic yeah. <laughs> let's just because... point a camera at funny people and, and record it and, hope and yeah and then yeah which is there's no for me i hate it i whenever i watch those apatow uh esque movies i mean now he's not the only one making them but where you just have a couple or four characters just riffing and you can tell they're riffing because they're usually shitting on their mutual friend together mm-hmm. or whatever you know or yep. They're and, taking and, turns shitting on each other. Yeah. Right. And it just, I am so bored by that. And honestly, if there's one joke in there that makes me laugh, I'm, I'm excited because most of the time I'm just watching it, waiting for it to end because I know it is, I know what it is. I don't, I don't think they're funny. I'm, you know, I don't, I didn't think it was funny to begin with. And the fact that it drags on and on, like this joke that never ends, it's like really beating a dead horse. So this movie didn't have that. I felt like it, it didn't have, it didn't have, it never had that for me where it was beating a dead horse. It was just slow. So I think that, that the scripted parts, the, the scripted comedy, I really appreciated seeing that again. Um, I would, I would have given it a higher score, except that again, the, the pace never really picked up. And I really blame, I think it's the budget. I'm sure that they could have done a little more with a little more money. Maybe they had shots that, or elements that were cut, you know, story elements that they couldn't cram in there. 
the movie imagine runtime, if they I think... took that eight million dollars and made a 30 minute short that was just fucking crazy you know what i mean like yeah. why not just tell that story they could have, yeah. I mean, they could have gone a streaming. lot crazy. It doesn't matter. The movie doesn't have to be 90 minutes. No one's going to a theater, right? The reason movies have to be 90 minutes well, to two hours is because people want to feel like they right. spent their money on, well, on 90 minutes. Is, I think it was 90 minutes. It was pretty Right. This should have been 30 short. minutes. They should have They should have taken <laughs> well, it because right, it would have been three I times think... as crazy. Like the accordion. Bring that shit in. I wonder if he is just too nice or something because i still think about like team america like the south park guys like they know how to go fucking nuts i remember in the south park movie where there was a giant clitoris at the end (laughs) like i mean that's like out of nowhere right like they're just things like that that um man now i'm wishing that never happened in this movie there should have been this should have been directed by matt stone and trey parker this should have been yeah, directed by that those guys. Been Why killer. was this movie? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they have so much money. <laughs> they could have directed this for free, and it would have been incredible. You know what? Yeah. Okay. So here's a bit of trivia that I don't know how much of it is actually true, but this is what this is the lore. So do you remember that movie um, with Jake Gyllenhaal came out right around 2002, 2003? It's about uh, global the world freezes. Oh what yeah. Is that movie called? What is that movie? Edge of Tomorrow. Or no, not Edge, Edge of Tomorrow. And day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> so tomorrow's the top first. The rumor is is that this script was going around Hollywood and it was notorious as being super dumb, but something that was going to get produced, right? And Matt and Trey Parker read the script and they thought it was so fucking stupid that what they were going to do is they were going to make an exact recreation of it using puppets. And then they got sued okay. as soon as they were ready to move into production, but they had all this puppetry and they had all, all these sets so they're like, well, what if we just modify it and tell our own story? And this became Team America. Team America. Oh, yeah. Um, well, but good... these guys should redo Weird, right? Yeah. Take this concept. You can even use Daniel Radcliffe because he was funny. And just redo this movie as the most absurd fucking, you know, wild ride. I, w- I would pay to watch that in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nuts. There'd be a lot of nudity. <laughs> I'm insane. just saying, man. It, it would, would be. be I mean, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe would be walking around with a permanent, like, white, you know, drip coming out of his nose, and he'd probably be Something. like, you know, raging the whole time. He would just yeah. be like the, the most, like, or or the crank directors. You could get the crank directors to make this movie, and that'd be interesting too. Of course, they like haven't you. done anything else. That's 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 solid. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's transition, Dave. Tell me, tell me okay. what, what's going on. In you. In, in like what's coming up or what what I'm into or yeah this this little pro this little okay. uh so yeah. okay so I was saying at the end of this one the one the thing that I wanted to recommend that I'm hoping a lot of people haven't seen is uh a lot of people maybe saw Murderville on Netflix and it's pretty good I like it with Will Arnett the premise is fantastic basically it's a comedy reality show where they have a celebrity. And the celebrity has to solve a crime, has to solve a murder. And it's pretty good. And Will Arnett does his down low voice a lot. And that's that's always good. And uh, it's based on a British show. So the British show is called Murder in Successville. And all the episodes are available on YouTube. And it's way funnier. Way better. Everything about it is better. The lighting, the shots. Like, Murderville just looks fucking cheap. Like they look like they made that on a Saturday with a hundred bucks and murder in successville 
everything is much better planned. The the there's not as much. It's a formula, but they deviate just enough. The guy who plays the main detective, Will Arnett's character, is fantastic. He's some kind of British comedian, but he's like six five, so he just seems like this big grizzled fucking detective guy and whoever he's with is always shorter than him and so he kind of puts his arm around him and is like you know all right rookie let's go you know is it the same uh, concept like british celebrities or it's it's yes it is the same exact concept with one other piece which makes it way better which is that all the characters in successville are celebrities that have different lives so they do they have a person doing a celebrity impersonation like one episode, one of the suspects is Obama, but Obama's a proctologist. And there's this guy doing an Obama impression, giving a proctology exam. And it, it just it's it just adds another layer of That is good. Of, what the fuck? <laughs> Murder in Successville. Yeah. All the episodes are, are free on YouTube. I watched them all. How it's many episodes are good. there? I think there's eighteen total. There's like it's like okay. British, so there's like only six episodes in a season or something. And uh, do they do they wrap up? Do they come to a conclusion at the end of those episodes? Yes, there's one okay. like kind of two parter. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the reason I ask is because we watch a lot of British like gardening shows or re- real estate shows, and for mm-hmm. whatever reason, they never actually show like the end result. <laughs> you know, like so one of one of like a gardening show, for example, they they have this expert come in and they That's teach so this person how to yeah do their garden um and then they basically leave them with the plan now in the american version of the show the the production crew shows up three months later and records a little you know uh uh-huh. final segment the british shows never do that we never have an idea of how it turns out no um, this so has was... got the same formula so the person who's the one person who's not in on it who the celebrity who's kind of trying to solve the murder they have to decide who they think killed the person and then they they the chief asks them why they thought that and then they explain all the clues that they may have missed or that they got right and who the real killer was or if they got the real killer or not and um even that part where they have to choose who they get is different in this one they have to choose who the killer is is different in this one than the other one and then the american one in this one They'll often kill the person that they think is the is the killer, and then the chief will come out, and the chief is doing a Gordon Ramsay impression. He's Chief Ramsay instead of Chef Ramsay. And if they got it wrong, it's like you just killed an innocent guy, <laughs> which is just hilarious. I don't know. Maybe, maybe but... that is a criticism of the American judicial system, you know. And and because because yeah. the American versions always miss a key element, right? There's always something about think, their their reboots that that I don't think quite it's connect. Because I think it's because the the British one maybe plays a little closer to the hard boiled film noir type genre, where mm-hmm. often there's a rogue cop or something like that, you know, a dirty hairy type character that's got to take the law into his own hands. So I think staples. that that's I think that's more what it is is it's just following that those genre cliches mm-hmm. um <laughs> well i'm gonna check yeah, it out uh, okay so murder and successful available on youtube 18 episodes they're they're all yeah. a half hour yeah yeah and they're great yeah and once you watch okay. maybe four of them you're gonna be hooked i mean the okay. first one's great too i just think that they get better 
Well, I am looking right. forward to it. Well, I, and uh, let's end on that. I think. Yeah, that's great. See you right. next time. Sounds <laughs> good, brother. Good job, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye.